0: As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we we believe that the, the reason for the celebration of Christmas is obviously to celebrate the birth or the incarnation of the second member of the Trinity, the Lord Jesus Christ. Sadly though, there are many who believe that they are celebrating Christmas because of reasons other than the Lord Jesus Christ and many of them absent of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are, those, there are those who have even taken Christ out of Christmas, and they would rather bid you a happy holidays rather than a merry Christmas. This week, there will be swarms of shoppers, many of them, maybe you and I, who are making their final decisions on what they hope will be the perfect gift for that special someone. They will rush, we may rush, in a frenzy from store to store fighting over parking spaces, fighting over the last size, fighting over the last toy, all with the hopes that all that they are fighting for, that the person will be pleased with their fight and pleased with their selection. Christmas will come. Those beautifully wrapped gifts will be ripped to shreds. The gifts will be unearthed, and there may or may not be joy when the gift is unearthed, but that joy will last probably less than less time than the amount of time that it took you to find that gift and then Christmas will be over and then we will prepare in summertime all over again for it to happen again and again and again and sadly many will continue to live their lives forsaking Christ year after year season after season until ultimately they end their lives and spend this Christmas the way that they spent every Christmas. Christless, and they will spend eternity Christless. That was the way that each and every one of us lived our lives when we were dead in our sin. We lived each and every season and each and every day exalting not Christ, but exalting ourselves, exalting our own agendas, exalting our own desires, exalting our own sin. But thanks be to God that he graciously yanked us out of the darkness and lovingly brought us into His marvelous, marvelous light. Amen? He, by His grace, gave us faith to repent and faith to believe in Christ alone for our salvation. And He has, and we have been regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit into the praise and glory of God alone. But I'd like you to think about this this morning. There would be no regeneration without there first being an incarnation. There would never be no new birth without the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. As Christmas approaches, I would like us to think about the miracle of the birth of Christ and how his birth brought to us our new birth or how his incarnation brought to us regeneration. Tonight, I would like for us to think about the reason for the advent or the reason for the incarnation. Let's go to 1 John, as Pastor John read earlier, chapter 3. And let's stand for the reading of God's word once again. John chapter, 1 John chapter 3, verse number 1. We are not going to exegetically go through every single passage, but instead we're going to draw some ideas and some thoughts that John is trying to convey to us, and prayerfully connect them to the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But, what, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, Because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins. And in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him nor knows knows him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Evident who are children of God and who are children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. You may be seated this morning. Two times in this passage, John tells us the reason for the incarnation or the reason for Christmas. Or if you'd like, the reason for which Christ came. In verse 5, he tells us that Christ came to take away sin. In verse 8, John tells us that Christ came, Christ appeared to destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil, or the, the things that the devil promotes, is sin. Christ was born of a virgin by the Holy Spirit, increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor of men and God. He perfectly obeyed God and lived a sinless life. And all the way to that innocent death, even death on a cross. Jesus Christ rose from the dead in power and destroyed the works of the devil, again, namely sin. Therefore, he destroyed the power of sin. Now, what is the connection between the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ and regeneration in the believer? This morning, I would like to share with you some of the connections between the birth of Christ and the new birth of the believer. Number one, let us begin where John begins. The love of God. Why did Christ appear? What's the purpose of the incarnation? Number one, it is the love of God. What compelled God to send his son? Before I get into the love of God, I have to say to you that it was the eternal plan of God to send his son. The sending of the Lord Jesus Christ was not the result of some reaction that God had to the fall of man in the garden. The sending of the Son of God was not a result of God looking at the fall of Adam in the garden and then saying, Oh no, what are we going to do now? I have an idea. I'll send my son. That'll fix it. No. No. Before the foundations of the world in eternity past, it was the eternal plan of God to prepare a bride for his son and to send his son to save his bride, you and I. The sending of the Lord Jesus Christ was also for the glory of God. All things are for the glory of God. There is nothing that is not for the glory of God and all things will ultimately end up resulting in glory for God. I say that also to say that God is complete. And there is nothing that we can do to add to his glory. He is complete in his nature. He is complete in his being. There is nothing that we can do to add to God's glory. He is altogether glorious. He's complete. He needs nothing from you. And let me just burst your bubble this morning. He does not even need you. I say along with A.W. Pink that Christ, even though... What he has done was glorious and what he performed was glorious. He, in his marvelous work, added nothing to the glory of God. Because God is altogether perfect and altogether complete. He needs nothing. He needs no one. He is altogether perfect, complete. With that, what is the purpose of the incarnation? John tells us in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, See what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. God the Father sent God the Son because of love. The Apostle John is so amazed by the kind of love that is he is best communica- communicating it like this. What, what kind of love is this? Look, this is amazing, that he has taken us to be one of his own. It is the kind of love... That he would take children that are not naturally his and adopt them as his own and call them as his own. And we should call him father and he should call us his children. Amazing kind of love. Why? So that we could be called children of God. We could be made children of God. Stating that we could be made children of God means that we are not naturally made children of God. Just so that you just so that you know we are not born children of God. We are made children of God. God makes us his children when he calls our name and when we respond. Again, John says, Look, it is amazing that we should be called his children. Paul says it this way in Ephesians 2 4. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ so the greatness of love the love of God is magnified in the fact that he calls us his children and that he graciously in calling us his children gives us spiritual life new birth to us we who were under we who he was under no obligation to give spiritual life to have been given spiritual life we who did not deserve spiritual life God has graciously and lovingly gave spiritual life. Why do I say we did not deserve it? We were rebels. We were enemies of God. We were spiritually dead in our sin and in our trespasses. We were slaves to sin, unable and unwilling to come to God on our own. And the justice of God would have been well served if he had allowed us to die in our sins. But God, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, made us alive together with God in Christ Jesus. Our new life, our new freedom from sin, our new hope and our new future is all due to the great love with which God loved us by sending his son in the incarnation. 1 John 3, 1, see what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are now children of God, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that, he, that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall be as He is. Those whom He has called as His own, His children, those who have been regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit, repented of sin, trusting in Christ, be amazed at this. That God loves you. Be amazed at this, that He, as His eternal plan, called you before the foundations of the world to be His own. To the glory of God. That all glory belongs to Him. But the fact that He loves you so much that he, He grafted you into His eternal plan. Children of God. Believers in Christ, this this Friday when you are opening up gifts, don't be amazed at the electronic that you may get or the new fashion that you may see. Be amazed at the fact that you are loved by God and called to be His children. Be amazed at that. You, me, loved by God. Do you remember who you were? And yet he called you out of that darkness, in spite of nothing that you had done, in spite of nothing that you could do, and say, you, I choose you. Be amazed, be in awe, be in wonder of this, this Christmas, for that is why he came. Number two, the birth of Christ and our new birth. I would like you to think for a moment. Could God have caused sinners to be born again, conformed them to his own image and to his own character in heaven without the incarnation or without sending his son into this world? Could it have been possible? Here might be a better way of asking that. Was the incarnation necessary? Did there have to be an incarnation? Did there have to be a perfect life of obedience? Did there have to be a death on the cross? Did there have to be a resurrection, and did there have to be an ascension? The answer is no and yes. No, God could have not caused sinners to be born again and conformed to His image without the incarnation. Because if He could have, He would have. Because if He could have, He would have. And yes, the incarnation was necessary. Because we were all born in sin. And we would all have never, we would all have never had the ability to save ourselves, to live a life that was pleasing to God. And therefore, sin would reign in every single life that was born for the rest of existence. And God, again, would be justified in allowing that to take place. We would be sinners and dead to sin and slaves to sin if God would have not chosen to come and save us from our sin. The new birth. And all of its effects, thinking about, think about this, faith, repentance, justification, conformity to Christ in heaven, all of these things and much, much more would be impossible without the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. His life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, all of these would be impossible if it were not for Christmas. The purpose of the birth of Christ was so that you might repent of your sins, place your faith in the incarnate Christ, and thereby have new life, and Christ thereby destroy the works of the devil, sin over your and my lives. First John 5, 1 John 5.1 Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. The Holy Spirit causes people to be born again and to trust in the incarnate God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ, repenting of their sins, placing their faith in Christ alone. And this is the sign that new birth has taken place. Because of his birth, we have new birth. Because he was born, we can be born again. It is when we trust in Christ that we are united to Christ. The birth of Christ again was so powerful and so important that without that birth, we could not be what he told Nicodemus to be, born again. You remember when Nicodemus came to him at at, at night in secret. Jesus said to him, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus asked, how can this be? Can I enter back into my mother's womb? And Jesus says, oh, Nicodemus, you don't get it. You don't understand. That which gives birth to flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit capital is spirit. Meaning this, if you must be born again or if you... If you will be born again, it will not be through your works. It will be through the work of the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit working in those whom are His. Changing your heart, changing your mind, giving you faith to believe, giving you faith to repent so that you can be born again. But without no birth of Christ, there would be no new birth of you. Without no birth of Christ, there would be no born again believers gathering in this place. We would all be rushing as those who are right now trying to get the earliest sales before anybody else gets out of church. The only way that we are born again is to be born of the Holy Spirit. And when you are born of the Spirit, you are born of God. Therefore, you have been given new life. The new birth only comes about through the birth. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. The new birth only comes about through Christmas. Yeah. Number three. The purpose of the incarnation was to take away sins. John tells us why the eternal divine son of God left glory, which was and is eternally his. So that he could come into this world in the form of a human being taking on, the Bible says, the very uh, appearance of a of a servant. Why? Verse 5, you know that he appeared in order to take away sins. And in him, there is no sin. Here in this passage, John tells us that the purpose of the advent, the purpose of the coming of Christ, was so that he could appear to take away, not appear, but that he appeared so that he could take away sins. When the angel of the Lord made the announcement of the coming of Christ, it was made with information about the purpose of the coming of Christ. He told Joseph in Matthew 121, she shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Why? For he shall save his people from their sins. The purpose of the Advent, the purpose of the Incarnation, the purpose of Christmas was so that Christ could come and save his people from the sins that had been passed on to them from Adam in the garden. From the time that man fell to this present time, we are born with a deadly disease called sin. It is the, the disease of sin that has polluted our minds. It is the disease of sin that has polluted our desires. It is the disease of sin that has polluted our wills. So that we do not in our minds desire God. We do not in our desires desire God. We do not in our wills choose God. Unless God himself does a regeneration, regenerating work in our hearts. To the degree sin is so vicious in mankind. It is so vicious in mankind to the degree that men carry out the deeds of sin by doing harm to one another. That we carry out the deeds of sin by acting maliciously toward one another. That we would carry out the deeds of sin by acting viciously to one another, murdering one another. And every other kind of vice that another creature would do upon another Creature made in God's image. I was asked yesterday what I thought about California missions along the the coast of California. And I didn't understand what the meaning of that was. And so I began to just speak and I said, well, I've learned that there are many abuses that took place when the missions were established upon the natives here in California. And they were done supposedly in the name of God. And that woman asked, but why did God allow it? My first answer was for his glory. All things are for his glory. All things will ultimately end for the glory of God. My second answer was this, that the abuse and the oppression of the natives is no different than the abuses that have taken place all throughout history. From the enslavement of Israelites in Egypt to the enslavement of Africans in this country, each and every one of those vicious acts upon men, two men, are another example of the the reality of the sinful depravity that is evident every single day in humanity meaning this we act the way we act because we we are sinners we do what we do because we are sinners and it is freedom from that sin that Christ came to rescue his people it is freedom from that disease it is the cure for that disease that Christ came that he might take stripes upon his back so that we might be healed healed of what Healed of your cancer? Healed of your fibromyalgia? Was somebody saying that yesterday? It was Bobby. He has some fiber, something going on in his leg. I think it was just an excuse for him to keep his legs up. But anyways, he's too young to have that fiber stuff. I see old people in the commercials promoting themselves. Anyways, let me move on. Don't listen to Bobby. He's a trickster. No, I'm just playing. He's a loving man. Christ came to heal us. Not of physical infirmity, but of spiritual infirmity. Our sickness in sin. He came to save us, not so that we can live eternally on this earth, so that we can live eternally with him in heaven, in his glory, forever. He came to save us. Christ and Christ alone was the only one qualified to take upon this task. John tells us, in, in him, there is no sin. There was no one else qualified to rescue us from our sins. No one else born from the time of Adam to the time of this time other than Christ who was qualified, who was sinless and righteous enough to save us from our sins. No one else. Salvation is in Christ and in Christ alone. 1 John 5:12 Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. John 5:23 Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. John or Luke 10:16. Those who reject me, reject him who sent me. This is Christ talking. There is no other person who has ever lived that has had the ability or the will to save us from our sins. It is Christ and Christ alone who has the power to save us from the depths of our depravity. And all glory is due to Christ, even this Christmas. Without the incarnation of the Son of God, the Messiah, the promised one who came to live the life that we could not live and die the death that we deserved and was raised to life, conquering sin, death and the grave. There would be no regeneration. There would be no repentance. There would be no faith. There would be no new birth. There would be no life and there would be no Christmas. Therefore. We worship him this Christmas. Not just this Christmas. We worship him. The Easter to come for the birth that he was birthed was soon to be the life or the death that he would die in Easter. This birth is only taking us to this Easter. The birth of Christ is taking us to the death of Christ, which takes us to the resurrection of Christ, which is often overlooked, which takes us to the to the ascension of Christ as he ascends to the right hand of the father. For. The purpose of the Incarnation was to purify us. First John 3.3 3, Everyone who thus hope in him purifies himself as he is pure. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take, to take away sin, and in him there is no sin. Purification. Explicitly stated. John notes, If you have experienced regeneration... Listen, you will love the day of the coming of the Lord. You will love the day. Listen to me really closely. You will love the day of the coming of the Lord. Do you know what the day of the coming of the Lord signifies? Oh, it signifies salvation of taking us home, but it also signifies judgment of those who have not trusted in Christ. The day, you read that all throughout scripture, and the day always refers to judgment. But for us, there will be no judgment. There will only be salvation of taking us home to our eternal resting place. You will long for that day. You will pray for that day. You will look forward to that day, to that time when you are transformed into his likeness, when he appears and we shall be like him. Are you looking forward to that day? Are you dreading that day? If you dread the day, then my I pray that this morning you repent of your sins and you trust in Christ. But if you are looking forward to that day, then rejoice because that day draws near. Everyone who longs for that day, you will be purified. Everyone who longs for that day longs for and loves purity. But not only in the future, in the present, meaning that they, they hate sin. Those who belong to God, they seek purity, they hate sin, and they fight sin. Do you fight sin? Do you hate sin? Or do you toy with sin? Do you flirt with sin? Do you entertain Sin, as the word of God is being preached now, are you thinking about sin? What is the extent of your relationship to sin? If you are in Christ, then you must say with Paul, Romans 6, 2, How can we who died to sin still live in it? How can we who died to sin still live in it? It would be like being rescued from the garbage, only to be washed and then to run back to your garbage because it is more comfortable there. Romans 6 6, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we should no longer, listen, be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Have you died to sin? Have you died to this world and is this world dead to you? Or are you very much alive to sin? Are you very much passionate about sin? Because if you are, then there is no new birth. And if you are passionate about sin, then there is no new life. The new birth awakens faith it fills us with love and longing for the great last day of purification and it produces in us a a desire a passion for purity today not tomorrow in the future but we long for it we desire it we seek it today and since there is no incarnation or regeneration without the incarnation there will also be no purification now and finally if there is no incarnation If Christ did not come, you would still be chasing after your sin. But because of Christmas, you are now free from sin. Instead of slaves to sin. And you are dead to sin, so you no longer have to live in sin. Because of Christmas. We know that we will only be made perfect in heaven. But that should not stop us from trusting the Holy Spirit to purify us. And that should not stop our pursuit, pursuit of putting to death the deeds of the body. The body of death that we right now dwell in. Let us be diligent, brothers and sisters, in denying ourselves. Taking up our cross and following the Lord Jesus Christ every day. Let us be diligent in running the race that has been set before us. And laying aside every weight that would attempt to slow us down from achieving the prize. Namely, the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? For that is why he's come. To save us from our sin and to purify us. And do you long for that? Do you long for that this Christmas? Not for the newest gadget. Not for the latest style. But to be more like him. To be conformed like him. To count all things as a loss for the sake of knowing him. I pray that that is true in your life. And five... The incarnation. Why? Justification. Look at it again, verse 3 or verse 4. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning, also sin, also practice, listen, listen, lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sin and in him there is no sin. It appears that the Apostle John is is explaining our future hope, our future purification. And then he makes almost an uh, an abrupt statement saying this. Sin is lawlessness. Why? And then he adds to that, Christ appeared to take away sin. The apostle is pointing out that we don't just need to be purified. Ultimately, we need our guilt removed. Why? Because we are lawbreakers. We must, not think, or we must remember that we are sinners. And we must not forget that we, are, we have sinned because we have broken God's law. We are lawbreakers. We're not just sinners because we sinned. And yes, we are. But we have broken the law of God. We have not met up to the perfect standard of righteousness. That is God's law. And we deserve punishment because of our guilt. From who? God creator and God the judge. We stand guilty before God. You and I, apart from Christ, stand guilty before God. We don't just incur defilement. That has to be purified. We incur that we have to be, we, we incur the guilt that we have to be forgiven of. That we have to be released of. Because if not, the wrath of God is upon us. The wrath of God. And that wrath has to be propitiated. We all fall, fall short of a righteousness that must be imputed. Christ is the only cleansing, or is the only cleanser. Christ is the only possible way that we could be propitiated. And Christ's righteousness is the only righteousness that could be imputed to us. He is graciously, lovingly, and mercifully the one who took our guilt, our shame, and turned away the wrath of God that was fixed on us because of sin. And how did he do this? Christmas. By coming Born of a virgin, taking on the form of a servant, you and I. And through the incarnation, the life, the death, and the resurrection, we are justified. 1 John 4.20, in this is love. Not that we ha- it, and, and this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. God the Son... Became incarnate to die the death that we deserved and in doing so he took the cup of wrath. He did not pass it by, but he took the cup of wrath and absorbed the wrath of God for our sins and became a substitute for those who broke the law of God, you and me. First John 2.1, my little children, I am right these things so that you may not sin. But if you do sin, we have an advocate with the father. The Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is the only one who can be called righteous. Christ is the only one who could be called our advocate. He did for you what you could not do for yourself. Are you amazed at that? You should be. You should be. I told Richard Barcellos' church when I was up there, why are you afraid to say amen? You should always say amen to that which is true. You should always be amazed and in all of that which is true. I don't care how reformed you think you are. You are regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if it is true, then glorify God. Because that is the only reason why we're celebrating Christmas this year. Because of Christ. And Christ alone. And He alone is qualified to be our justifier. Both just and the justifier. He presents His blood before the Father. And it is Christ who pleads before the Father on behalf of the unrighteous by presenting before God His righteousness. Don't fall asleep. Don't, 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 don't let yourself uh, become comatose to the awe-inspiring, falling on your knees, worshiping truth that He came. As that old Holy Night song was playing, I was just thinking about what would I do standing before that baby who is both God of the universe, standing before the baby who created my eyes, standing before the baby who created my my hands and my heart and my mind and being able to look at that baby who would soon die in my place. Oh, fall on your knees. Yes, fall on your knees. All of this was because of the incarnation. And it is all of this that we celebrate this week during Christmas. So as presents are piled under the Christmas trees and as you little kids and as even you adults don't act like you don't care, see the the gifts begin to pile up and get excited about what you might get or what you did not get and what you hope they saw on your list. Know that you have received what you really need saving from your sins, rescue from eternal separation from God. So, the gift that you may be wanting might not be under the tree this year, but the only gift that you need has been given to you through Christmas, through the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ, the God. That God gave His Son so that those who trust in Him might be saved and have eternal life to the glory of God. This morning, we invite you to the Lord's table to celebrate the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ, His life, His death, and His resurrection. I shared yesterday with the new members concerning the Lord's table, and I'd like you to listen closely. We practice here at this church what's called closed communion. This table, meaning this table, is for those who have been regenerated by the Holy Spirit. Those who have repented of sin. Those who have placed their faith in Christ alone. Those who have been baptized, identifying themselves with Christ. And also those who have been identified with his church, becoming members of his church. We are displaying, or those who are displaying, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And if one comes and they ignore all those things and say, I want to take the table because I want to take the table. And I don't care what you just said. Then let me warn you that the Bible warns you that you are taking the Lord's table in an unworthy manner. And you are in danger of judgment according to the Scripture. Why do we practice what we practice? Because we care about you. And because there are strict rules for which God says those who come to the table must adhere to. And if you don't, then we warn you. Be aware of what God warns you of. And we also, we hold high this table and what it represents. And we pray that you do as well. We hold high the fact that this represents the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we hold high the fact that when you come and partake, you are fellowshipping with Christ. So with that said, we celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. We celebrate Christmas this week. We celebrate His perfect life. We celebrate His sacrificial death. We celebrate His glorious resurrection. And in that, we have redemption. Redemption that was accomplished in John 19:30, when our Lord said, It is finished, meaning your sin was atoned. Your propitiation was accomplished. And your life, the life for those who are the elect of God, is now forever, forever free from sin.